Without Buffy, Sunnydale is going to hell. Tear it up. It looks like they're just wrecking stuff. Destructorama. Without Buffy, her friends are fighting a losing battle. Let's talk. No running away. Without Buffy, life just sucks. He just gets cranky, the way vampires do. But October 2nd on UPN, Buffy lives. <laughs> Welcome to a town-wide epidemic of laryngitis, also known as If the Apocalypse Comes Beat Me. This is a weekly-ish podcast about Buffy the Vampire Slayer, where we take a look at each episode according to its original air date 20 years ago. And this week's episode is Season 6, Episode 2, kind of, Bargaining Part 2. We'll be talking about Bob. We'll be talking about characters and... Appropriately, we'll be talking about the resurrection. So, spoilers abound for this episode, every episode before it, after it, the comics, probably other shows and movies. Oh, I put my notebook down. Damn it! <laughs> hey, you got a bug up your crack? Take it up with Beep and Pod. Damn it, you took my ending. <laughs> Sorry, man. Sorry. It was just I, too I, good not to. I did two endings, so uh, we'll be good. Nice. <laughs> Covered your own butt. Crack. Yes, yeah. my own crack. Yep, yep. Ah, oh, well. Hello. Hi. <laughs> Welcome back to Beat Me Button. <laughs> we'll bring in a ton of energy to talk about this week's episode with my co-host, Stacia. Say hello. Hello. And my other co-host, Daniel. Say hello. Let's beat me, Pod Pigeon. Pigeon? Oh, yeah. That's something Let's Spike would Let's fly, Pigeon. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. Man, you know, sometimes you watch an episode five times in a weekend and you still feel like you don't know what happened in it. Uh, and that episode is season six, episode two, kind of, Bargaining Part Two, or also just Bargaining Some More. Originally aired also on October 2nd of the year 2001. Not also, just still. Continuation. Written by David Fury. This half is... And this is the 11th of 17 episodes for him. Last was Crush. Next will be Life Serial. And directed by David Grossman again, still. This is 10 of 12 for him. Last being the first half of this episode. And next being Tabula Rasa. So he's almost done with the series. Uh, after Tabula Rasa, there's, he doesn't do anything else for this season six. And then just one episode in season seven. So goodbye, David Grossman. For better or worse, I don't know. I, got, I noticed a lot of like fuzziness and some missed shots and stuff in this episode so i don't know mm. i'm sorry david grossman but i don't know if i'm i think you dropped the ball on this one bud i'm just gonna wow. say that up top uh well what happened in this episode other than david grossman being disappointed apparently uh buffy came back to life we saw her decorpsify uh at the very end of the last episode and uh to her shock and horror has completely uncorpsified back into a, a living person. Holy shit. Uh, she has to dramatically dig herself out of her grave, Kill Bill style, and then, you know, just Vaseline Buffy visions her way through the burned-out carcass mm. of Sunnydale. So not a great way to re-enter the living, but, you know, you gotta take what you get, and uh, Willow made her alive again. So the bikers, the lovable band of ruffians uh, are chasing our friends through the woods. Uh, unbeknownst to them, Buffy's come back to life, but the bikers have Buffy bot and they're going to go do some fun torture stuff to her and rip her apart. Uh, our friends are in the woods, split up into the the lovable duo of Anya and Tara and Xander and Willow. 
going through the woods, all trying to get back to the magic box to reconvene and hopefully meet up with Spike and Don or call Spike and Don because they are at the Buffer's, Buffer's house, at Buffer's house, uh, <laughs> trying not to die in a biker demon raid. Uh, real Buffy is just kind of stumbling through the wreckage and uh, comes across Buffy Bot being torn apart. I imagine that would be really traumatizing, but she's probably totally fine. Uh, keeps on walking, runs into her friends who think she's Buffy Bot somehow. And then, oh, God, that is actually Buffy. The bikers show up, and then Buffy, real Buffy, kicks their butts and then runs away. Meanwhile, Don and Spike are on a motorcycle adventure. Uh, they come across Buffy, P- Buffy Bot pieces. And while Spike is mourning the loss of his once beloved sex doll, uh, Don <laughs> runs away. And is like, I've got a feeling, because the Buffy bot with her dying robot voice says, I saw myself, or a real Buffy. And Don just takes that on faith to mean Buffy's definitely alive, and she's definitely going to that fucking tower. So she goes ahead, goes directly to the tower, and so, sees some carnage that only Buffy could have done, the real Buffy. And like, yeah, she's definitely alive, she's definitely going to the tower. She was fucking right, Buffy, up on top of the tower. <laughs> so Don and her have a very dramatic uh, kind of re- imagining of the last scene in the gift and then the tower dramatically crumbles down and uh buffy and don are fine especially buffy she's totally fine that's that's the episode i think god i don't know I just, again i don't know how you watch it five times you're like what the fuck happened in this that's episode nothing really happened right but then also like i don't know we can talk about it and we will uh there was a first in this episode i'm sure you'll be happy to know a first and only Tara's in this episode, guys, and she killed the demon. Oh, she did, did, yeah. Uh, I think I... I, I'm trying to remember just the beginning of last episode, and I can't really... I don't think she staked a vampire. I don't think Mm. she ever actually kills anything. Um, So this might be the one and only time. Um, This is the last appearance of the Buffy bot until season nine when we conveniently do like a switcheroo where we thought we were dealing with actual Buffy the whole time. And then you, you think she's pregnant. Turns out it was just a robot and she was having weird robot tummy pains. She wasn't actually a pregnant real Buffy. Yep. Season nine. It's great. <laughs> I barely remember any of it, but I do remember that. I don't remember that. Nope. Uh, the light guiding spell that Tara uses to locate Willow in the woods is supposed to be the same spell that she, that Willow herself attempted in Fear itself. Remember when the little green light happened and then there was a million of them? And then, God, that episode's good. Um, it doesn't look exactly the same because it's not green. Uh, and also, Willow failed before, so we don't know how it's supposed to look. But David Fury and Marty Noxon confirm in the uh, DVD commentary that's supposed to be the same spell. The only reason why that's of note is because continuity. We did a callback to something we did before. Oh my God. And we don't ever really repeat demons on this show. We also don't tend to repeat spells very often either. So it's cool mm. that they're like, hey, we did this before. We're going to call back to it intentionally. I got, Every time I see something that was done on purpose, I'm Jane. like, thank you, supervising producer Jane Espenson. <laughs> the greatest. This is the first episode without Giles. Another first. Wow. Oh, my gosh. Can you believe it? It's very strange. It's very strange. But also, like, I didn't miss him. In this episode? No, no, no. Like, spiritually, I miss him. And I'm going to miss him. His presence will feel missed. But this, I don't know. We'll, we'll talk about it. But I think this episode really suffers from not being one big piece. Like, chopping it up is, is not for the best. The Do you guys remember the season one episode, Nightmares? Yes. I sure do. In that episode, Buffy herself has a nightmare about 
being buried alive. Really? <laughs> and crawling out of a grave. Yeah, the master buries her, I guess. Mm. I, I completely forgot this. Man, I really got to rewatch the beginning of this show because I don't remember <laughs> wow. shit about it. This isn't real. You, you can't be free. You still don't understand, do you? I am free because you fear it. Because you fear it, the world is crumbling. Your nightmares are made flesh. You have little Billy to thank for that. Baseball. When you lose, it's bad. This is a dream. A dream is a wish. Your heart makes. <laughs> but, like, cool. Adding again, once more, to Buffy is totally fine. She just crawled herself out of a grave, which is, like, already traumatic, but this is always, like, one of her deepest fears. She's going to be fine. Everything's fine. Uh, Spike's bike, another bit of continuity. I completely forgot. This is how he gets the motorcycle. I, I just thought, like, he, I don't know, he's a fucking vampire. Sometimes they have motorcycles. I don't know. He could go get a motorcycle if he wanted one because he, he definitely uses a, a motorcycle multiple episodes after this. And I had no idea that this is where he got it. So that was pretty neat. Also, the little helmet. Andrew wears the helmet in uh, whatever episode it is that they go on their little adventure to. Uh, apparently, Joss Whedon is a big fan of the 1969 Western movie, The Wild Bunch, because Xander mentioned it in this episode, uh, and I think they might have mentioned it before in another episode. But in that movie, which I am not familiar with at all, there are characters named Pike, which is the name of the love interest in the Buffy the Vampire Slayer movie from 92, Angel, and Lyle and Tector Gorch, straight up, first and wow. last name, lifted right from The Wild Bunch. Cool. So. Maybe one day I'll watch that movie. Probably definitely not. Oh, relax. It's just some champagne we ordered. Although it's Sam, Sam Paycheck. Fucking hell. Pa- oh, Sam Peckinpah. Peckinpah, that guy. Yeah. I feel like that's a Bob Dylan something or other. Yeah, he did the, the Billy the Kid. There you go. There you go. So when I saw the name, I was like, this is, this is a, this is a Dylan thing. Mm-hmm. Anyway. That's all the stuff I have to say about that part of the episode. Stacia, did you like this episode of Buffy? You know, I don't think it's as strong as the first half. That is a lot kinder and more generous <laughs> reading than what you were having feelings with about right after we watched it. Said I was mad at everyone. <laughs> <laughs> so I was expecting some fire, but hopefully that'll get reignited as we go through your literal napkin of notes. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> you can't constrain an artist, you know? She uses the materials she feels inspired to use. You are not limited by a medium. You're, you transcend I medium. do. I transcend medium. I'm also very lazy and didn't want to get up to find my notebook, but there was a napkin in front of me. Amen. Daniel, what did you think about this episode? I decided to give it a good old compliment sandwich. Uh, so the good right on top. Uh, is that I love the tension. I love the ending. You didn't really mention the ending, but just Buffy staring longingly out into the void was excellent and really telegraphs the rest of the season. And it, it was really worked out really well. Just knowing what we know is going to happen, especially very soon. It all really works. Cause you're like, Oh fuck it. Is, she's not okay. She has never said she's okay. Things are very bad. Now inside of this sandwich, I'm going to pile on a lot of bad. So same thing. Praise not. I mean, praise for number one, fucking part one, is so good compared to part two. This this was horrible. Uh, another contrived split up plan. Absolutely no reason to split up. Absolutely hated that. Uh, the woods. I mean, the woods. The woods. The woods. The woods. Going back to the woods. The woods. I hate the woods. All those 
the woods that uh, lead into an alleyway and then in my head also go off into the docks as well. They're like literally oh, yeah. connected. Oh, yeah. And you can spend one full hour. Do, do, let's not forget one full hour in the woods. Uh, so said um, Willow. Mm-hmm. They were wandering for one hour. In, it, Buffy is buried. It, it must be miles away from, from Sunnydale. I mean, I do not understand it. Um, the fact that nobody has any common sense, and I cannot forget about the bikers. Like, they were boring as fuck. Uh, and I wrote here, boring yet evil in degrees that the show needs them to be for whoever happens to be watching. I.e., they don't kill Buffy when she's standing in the street. They don't break into the house, and yet we have Dawn so scared of them. But they do break into the house when Dawn and Spike are watching, so we know that that threat was real, so we can feel good about them leaving. Uh, and then, like, they chase him down on the motorcycle when how would they ever hear that or know? Like, they weren't even watching. Why did they know? To Like, everything just happened really stupidly and it's a classic bad Buffy episode in that way. And then to go back to the book, to the good, uh, to, to finish his compliment sandwich, um, Buffy, the, the performances were fantastic. Mm. I mean, every time that our characters were going, that is what pulls these two together. Like as a total, it's going to be really hard to like rank this super down because like the, the performances that made up part one are here, like Dawn and fucking Buffy at the very end is like incredible. And just Dawn like crying and telling her to stay like, absolutely put a bow on this little moment from the end of the gift into this. It's like a perfect bridge of the seasons. And I thought it was fantastic. So those are great, but I think in the middle, it's just a chunk of bullshit. So <laughs> that was tough, but yeah. I mean, do I like it? I mean, it's tough. I would say this is a bad episode of Buffy, but it's tacked onto a great episode of Buffy. So what do you do? I agree. I think that splitting it up was not, not a good idea because it just, this can't really stand on its own and it's it just there's too much but you know what are you going to do uh i agree completely that the ending scene was fantastic i think this episode really really struggles from like an identity crisis from like what the are the bikers really that menacing or are they not it's like they threatened to rape all of the women on the yes. show which like we what the fuck we've never literally a villain has never said that shit before that was so intense but so then specific too like just the, the yes. way that he said it so i was graphic. shocked by it it's one thing to insinuate it which I thought that, that, that that's as far as they were going to go. But when he's just like, our anatomy. Is yeah. Gonna, it's like, what are we doing? Yes. And uh, ripping Buffybot apart was really gruesome. Like, I know it's supposed to be a machine, but, like, that's a, a woman, right? Like, especially Buffy watching that. Like, holy shit. That's so, like, my I just watched myself be torn apart. That's so oh, fucked sure. up. Um, and the gun. Brought a gun yeah. for the third time in this fucking show. Like, yes. they were here to go. Yes. But then, so toothless. They killed so toothless. zero people on screen. <laughs> All they did was ride around and set a couple fires. Like, I mean, okay, vandalism, sure, sure. But, like, God, just the extreme. So I think that is kind of, like, what this episode, as on the whole, like, like, suffers from. It's like, what are we doing here? Like, we're really, really dramatic about how we feel about Buffy, but then on the next hand, we're, we're making fucking jokes about Anya. like, I, I want to, what about my engagement and stuff? And it's like, we don't know what level we're trying to hit if we're trying to be super dramatic or if we're still like jokey. And I just wish they would have leaned into, let's just make this fucking dark. Let's just do it. Let's just lean into it because it just makes the jokes feel weird and it makes the stuff that's supposed to hit hard 
feel not as intense, except for the end, because then yeah. you just have Sarah Michelle Gellar and Michelle Trachtenberg acting the hell out of that scene, and it just mm. really makes you, it brainwashes you. That's why, watching this episode so many times, you're like, oh, that was actually pretty good, because that was fucking emotional, and I felt that shit. And then it's like, oh, God, oh, my God, everything that happened before this in the last 45 minutes was ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how I feel about that, to put a fine point on it. Um, the big thing that happened in this episode happened technically at the end of the last episode, which was Buffy came back to life. Stacia, tell me about coming back to life. <laughs> I can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Great segment over. <laughs> <laughs> Fun uh, fact: This is actually not the first. This is actually the second time that Buffy died on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Did you guys know that? No. What? I know. It's a little-known fact that she actually has died before. It's wild. We could have talked about resurrection before this on a show. I didn't even say that last time she was resurrected. That's true. She was not. But there have been multiple characters that have been resurrected. But now is the moment because the most important one has been resurrected. Our spell. Our resurrection spell worked like a magic charm. We brought you back to life, Buffy. Right where we left her. Oh, God. In her coffin. She had to dig out of her own grave. Okay, yeah, so for this episode, Kelly asked me to research resurrection, and I decided that, um... Instead of talking about resurrection, I'd like to talk about an obscure <laughs> Russian futurist named Nikolai Fyodorovich Fyodorov. That sounds real. I know. Uh, born in 1829 and died in 1903. He was um, highly regarded amongst Russian people at the time and um, was contemporaries with Dostoevsky and Tolstoy. No. Was it Tolstoy? Another one. I yeah. <laughs> didn't write them down. <laughs> they were all there. Isn't Rasputin alive now too? I don't know. Before no, he was, well, he I mean, doesn't he's play into the, the story. Yeah. No. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> we already did that. He died twenty years before we even know Rasputin was even a person. Uh, okay, so you know the information on this guy is like scarce on the ground i'm basically just going to summarize his wikipedia page because frankly that's really the only information on the internet about him aside from an hour-long video on youtube i did not watch um and i think the reason for this let me justify this is that he was opposed to the idea of books as property so he never actually published anything his entire life the only Mm. articles that we have were published after his death um because basically he thought Information should be the common property of everyone. <laughs> and so he was very much like, share the good word. This guy, he's got some interesting ideas about life and death. Basically, he thinks that the fact that humans die is, you know, the most obvious indicator that we're imperfect. <laughs> and that basically we're evil. <laughs> because if we weren't, Whoa. we wouldn't die. Okay. Um, <laughs> So his whole theory was that, like, essentially the, um, quote-unquote, humankind's common cause is to overcome death. He said that the struggle against death is the most natural uniting cause of all people of Earth, regardless of their nationality, race, citizenship, or wealth, because it affects literally everyone. He also thinks it's the greatest goal of science. 
So he then postulates there's two causes for death. There is internal, which is your body is not meant to live forever. It cannot be, you know, infinitely self-renewing. <laughs> and the other cause is external, things that happen to you that cause you to die. Um, so he was like... Um, he talks about regulating nature and saying you need to prevent natural disasters, control Earth's climate, fight against viruses and epidemics, master solar power, space exploration, and essentially just like, you know, aggressively expand every area of science because we need to be able to, you know, stop tornadoes and sickness right. and all of the things that cause people to die aside from old age. And then again, you still have to combat old age. You need to find a way to make someone just like constantly renewable. So he also said that um, essentially in this like quest for immortality, it's not just enough to beat death for people that are living. Like it's not just enough for the people who are currently living to become these like sort of like renewing sources of youth and life, I guess. But also that we can't forget our ancestors. We need to bring them back to life. We need to resurrect them to thank them for the history, the culture, our like literal lives they've given us. Like to master death and not bring them back to experience it with us <laughs> would be, like, so unfair and cruel. Like, you would never have, like, complete mm. immortality until you could do both of those things. Bring people back from death and then um, ensure that no one else is going to die. Okay. He's got these two ideas for how to resurrect people. The first one's essentially modern-day okay. cloning. The second one, and I tried to look more into this, but it's some sort of, like, you take... The pieces of the children. Oh, no. Pieces to, of children. Sorry. Well, not literal pieces, <laughs> but, like, DNA pieces of children to become, oh, okay. like, their parents. Like, you take aspects of the parents' children or whatever to create a new version of the parent. And then those parents could create new versions of their parents and so on and so forth. And he oh. essentially says, while this would create a likeness of the person, it's not their, like, soul. It's not their personality. That's another thing we have to learn to overcome. And then the idea is... Both the resurrected dead <laughs> and the currently alive would become these, like, people that can just, like, subsist on something that doesn't require fuel and that, like, you can always, like, regenerate your cells, essentially. <laughs> this guy's making shit oh, well, up. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's I so mean, fascinating. That's amazing. Yeah. So he said, uh, the revival of people who live during the past is not a recreation of their past physical form. Because the past physical form was imperfect, parasitic, and centered on mortal existence. Parasitic. So what you want to do is transform it into a self-creating, mind-controlled form capable of infinite renewal, which is immortal. So basically, that. I just think the idea that he had <laughs> is that you can't be immortal without bringing back your ancestors. Like, the two are, like, the same si like sides of the same coin. And he's got all of these ideas about, like, to defeat death, it's not just about, you know, like, cutting off your head and freezing it. It's like, you got to stop tornadoes, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> sure. how do we stop people from dying? Like, these are all the things we have to do. And it's also interesting because he's like, we need to prevent natural disasters, save the Earth's climate, fight against sure, viruses. Sure. And I was like, wow, feels a little bit on the nose today, dude. Yeah. Sure. Even even the DNA thing, he would have no concept of DNA and like the idea. I'm sure people thought it forever. Oh, these two people make this kid. It looks exactly like each of them, you know? And so it's interesting that like he was probably thinking something like that that turns out to be totally right. Mm -hmm. But, you know, he, they would have had no idea 
about any of that back then. That's incredible. I would never want to meet the ancestors. I understand the idea of like thanking them, like way to go. But can you imagine like having to talk to some guy from like the Stone Age, man? I don't want to hang out with them. He's probably <laughs> boring as hell. I they mean... probably have some terrible retrograde ideas of the world. I mean, this guy's not thinking about a good party. Is what I'm, th- what I'm yeah. saying. Yeah. So. Well, and so it's interesting, right? This, like, it brings up a lot of interesting questions. Like, our ancestors, you want to resurrect literally everyone. One, that's functionally a nightmare for the oh. world to support. But then, Impossible. two, it's like, of course, to always go back to this. Like, you want to resurrect Hitler? Like, that's where we're going oh, with sure. this? Like, there's sure. maybe people that should stay dead. And, like, yeah. how do you pick and choose? <laughs> and also, I mean, I would say, like, what a lot of people, even with vampire novels especially, Take in the idea of immortality and write about it. That's the whole point. Because if you lived your life in a bumper car world like he wants, where we don't have any storms, any death, any chance of dying, then what is life, right? There's no point in living. Even this show explores that. You know, I'm, I live forever. Well, is that even worth it, right? Spike's going to give up his soul because what is life if not death? So this guy strikes me as somebody very afraid to die. I mean, these are very interesting ideas, but he seems terrified of death for whatever reason. I mean, I wonder if it like comforted him to know that if humanity ever became advanced enough to create immortality that he should be on the list to come back and become <laughs> immortal. He's like, it's only a matter of time. I'm just taking a quick dirt nap and I'll be back. Well, the Peter the Peter Thiels of the world who, like, that is their bugaboo. Like, yeah. he's invested billions of dollars into this. I mean, he's yeah. terrified of death. But, I mean, yeah, I'm sure he, he looks probably knows that guy. And I'm sure he is. I'm sure at the top of every list is, let's bring this guy back and tell him we did it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I did. And then did... we'll talk about Hiller and see if he still wants to do this. So. <laughs> I did look into, like, cryogenics and, uh, you know, like, sort of, like, more modern day forms of resurrection. But none of them are as interesting as this guy's, like, essential, like, philosophical view of the world, which is, like, you know, leading him towards resurrection as the end result. Like, and it makes sense. Like, everyone dies. That's a common thing that literally everyone, regardless of where you come from or what you believe in, like, you know, can relate to. And so it's interesting that he was like, we can use this common cause to make everything better, right? Like, let's figure out how to cure diseases. And so, I mean, he's got a lot of interesting ideas and he was kind of like a little bit of an impetus for like transhumanism. Like he started sort of, he was like at the very beginning um, parts of that movement and like futurism in Russia. And like I said, he was like, chatting with a bunch of these novelists who <laughs> thought his ideas were like really cool. <laughs> if you ask people on the street what do they they think heaven is? I mean, it's exactly that, right? That is people's idea of dying. Like you get to meet the people that came before you. It's like you want to take that and make it real. Like let's let's see if we could really do that on on planet Earth instead of in some afterlife because that's what I'm sure a lot of people imagine afterlife the afterlife being, so or want it to be, you know. Yeah. I like that that he was thinking retroactively Mm -hmm. yeah like if that's even the right word in that context but like yeah i would never it it would always be like how do you stay alive the people who are currently alive how do you keep alive forever not let's also bring back a bunch of guys this guy has zero concern for the world's carrying capacity oh no he's cremation no oh yeah cremation too but i would imagine those are lost causes right or or not if he's no because if you have the children reverse engineering their parents (laughs) Which is so, different because he was so crazy. Because, man. like, the first part, the cloning, he was like, We'll dig up their bones, we'll find their bones, and we'll bring them back from their bones. Yeah. Cloning, essentially. But then his other idea was like, Well, you have these human versions of like living versions of previous people based on their ancestry. So we should be able to like cobble this back together somehow. So and then once nuts. you brought that person back, they'll just do it again all the way well, back. Well, you said that and they it's... don't eat food. So they're just 
he's really hoping because you're right about the carrying capacity because he's really hoping that when we bring these guys back, they're not going to want food because Jesus, we can't do it. So he's like, right. Cause you said something about having energy from something else. Yeah. Self-sustaining. Yeah. Um, he had this idea. I didn't write the word down, but basically like, you know, like plants, like you could survive on sunlight. Uh, one of the ideas was surviving on carbon dioxide. Like essentially you'd be able to take in sort of like an infinite resource and use that for your energy versus eating and eating like yourselves to like regenerate themselves. Um, you should write a novel. Yeah, it's just such an interesting idea. Yeah. Like thinking about Elon Musk being like, yeah, I cut off my head and freeze it so I can come back. Like he would never ever in a thousand years think about like, what about everyone oh, yeah. before sure. me? <laughs> you or know, like else. any greater good. Sure. Well, that's a great point. So, I don't know. I thought I just found him like such a weird little anecdote. I'd never heard of this guy or his thoughts and like all the other stuff for resurrection. I was like, it's mostly like Jesus heavy, you know. It's like every sure. religion has instances of resurrection in their um stories like in Lazarus, the Quran or in the Bible yeah, or whatever. Exactly. And so I was like, I could go over this stuff, but I feel like everyone already knows it and it's not that interesting because it's not really something like normal people could aspire to. <laughs> it's like a sign of divinity, which I don't know, almost thought about going down some weird road to say Buffy's a god, but. I mean, that's kind of an implication. He's so. more interested in talking about dead Russian philosophers, so. Yeah, good call. And that was cool. That was great, yeah. So you got a witch in the mix. More than one. I happen to be a very powerful man witch myself. Or male, did a warlock? Warlock. Well, let's bring it back down, shall we? Yeah. Thank you for that. <laughs> that's, yeah. that was, that's the most exciting part of the show, folks. So It seems like this guy, this Russian guy, was trying to put his finger on the singularity, right? Like, he, that's what he was, without understanding, like, having no concept of computers or, like, being able to store one's essence in a vessel that's not a human one. Like, that's kind of what he was – that's what that is. It's just like, let's bring people back or store them in a way so they don't need resources, right? Well, yeah, mm-hmm. why don't we store your consciousness as a fucking data file? Like, that's – Yeah, that's that was a it. lot of what modern resurrection-y type ideas is. Like, computers will take a map of your brain and then you'll live on in some sort of, you know, like, black mirror type world. But yeah. it's not really you, right? Like, that's part of it. And, I mean, this guy, he did grapple with the idea of, like, if you brought back the body, it's not the same thing as the soul. That's a different thing we have to figure out. But felt more so than being like, oh, we'll just make human robots and then everyone will be fine. But, see, we here on this show have recently questioned the concept of a soul entirely. Like, is that even a real the fucking thing? Why do we just stuff. take that for granted that that's a thing that exists? And why is it that's the only way that a person can be moral is if they have this fucking glowing ball inside of them that makes them a good person? Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. Oh, and we've seen people stitch together, too. It didn't turn out really good for that football player. So. <laughs> sure didn't. Sure didn't. So, I don't know. Sure. episode um i mean it was pretty clear in the last one too but our friends have not been dealing at all with buffy being dead and instead holding out hope that yeah we're definitely going to resurrect her so it's not going to matter let's not waste our time grieving properly or actually having our emotions 
we'll just bring her back. And then Willow obviously falls apart when the spell does. She's like, fuck the spell. She's really gone. Mm-hmm. And like, that was that was another great emotional moment of the show. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This fucking oh, yeah. episode. Uh, do you think <laughs> that our friends would be much better off if we would have accepted the fact that Buffy was dead immediately? And do you think we would have actually brought her back if we had done that? Stacia. Um, I mean, I think the first question is hard to answer because they do bring her back. So it's kind of like a bunch of useless grieving when she's not actually going to be gone forever. That being said, it definitely would have been healthier for them to just let her go and not bring her back. Yeah. 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 And they did grieve. I mean, that's why I think this episode, like, overall stands up really well. Like, that Xander scene with Willow in the woods, like, the two of them especially. Like, I love Tara, I love Anya, but, like, these are our OGs. Like, Mm -hmm. having them be together was, I think, very intentional and very good. And just to have Willow break down and be like, it's over. It was for nothing. Like, there you go. Like, she's been clinging to a prize since the moment she died. Oh, yeah. And so to get her basically, you know, saying it's over and then seeing Buffy was pretty good. It's all for nothing. Buffy's gone. She's really gone. Like, she just never moved out of the, the denial phase or whatever, right? Where she's just like, oh, this is Until now. Yeah. And then she did. And then she did. And then it was like, oh, God. Don't, I did it. <laughs> Fuck. She was definitely in denial more than the rest of them, I think. Because yeah. Tara's gently oh, trying yeah. to be like, we don't even know if it would have worked. Mm-hmm. Like, not treating it as an absolute, you know. And Willow the whole time's like, it definitely would have worked. This is absolutely going to work. You know what yeah. you're talking about? <laughs> it doesn't matter what the cost is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I... Well, and admittedly, like, in this episode, the only one that sees her, like, really breaking down is Xander. Like, and I think that's apropos as well. Like, even when she comes back in, she's like, let's get the fucking weapons and go beat some Mm -hmm. ass. Like, Tara, or not Tara, but Willow's, like, tough to everyone else. But it's kind of nice that she can let her hair down with Xander, you know, like, and be very vulnerable. And obviously, she probably is with Tara, too. But, like, in this episode, it is funny when she's in public and out there with everybody. She's very strong. But it was, like, it was nice to see her, like, really accept that, you know, Buffy... Maybe he's dead forever. Mm-hmm. It's over. You cannot just super glue Osiris's urn back together, you know? I also really felt the Xander and Willow hanging out by themselves. Like, God, we haven't done this in forever. I mean, Xander and Anya have been together since, like, the beginning of the last uh, of season four. And, uh, you know, Willow and Tara have been together since the end of, of, end of season four. And it's like, you know, once you kind of couple off, you don't really hang out with your friends as much anymore. And, and to see them alone, and especially with Buffy being removed also, it's like, when is the last time? I was just like, God, you guys have been friends f- since you were kids. And, like, you had all this shared history, which is, you know, when we first meet them, of course, that's, like, all you have is because they were friends before the show, right? And But then it's like, all all they have now is, is what we've seen. It's almost like they've forgotten all this stuff that they went through before mm-hmm. Buffy came around. It's like, when have we not dealt with demons? When have we not been living this life? And it's like... You know, it's really cool. It just for some reason made me think of like all this life they had before this shit that's just like gone from them. Again, I just keep thinking the gravity of like how fucked up these kids are. Like how terrible their lives end up being. They're just like I mean, Anya brings it up today. She's like, you know, why are we doing this? We're just a bunch of kids. Yeah. And and Willow's like, no, nah, I'm a fucking soldier now. <laughs> like I can't even I can't even think of anything else. We have to go do this. Like, yeah, there's something that's changed in her brain for sure. 
And I mean, I think that's why we're going to go down the route we go down is like something has changed dramatically with Willow for sure. Do you think that Willow knew how Buffy was going to come back? Like, obviously, when they see her in the alley and it dawns on Xander before anyone else, like, mm-hmm. oh, my gosh, she had to dig herself out of her grave. She came back right where we left her. And Willow seems horrified, too. So I would imagine that she didn't know. But, like, she's keeping so much from everyone else, clearly, about the details of this spell. I think Tara knows more than anyone else, but she knows not a lot, as it turns out. So, Daniel, do you think that Willow knew what the, like, that Buffy was gonna... She couldn't have known, right? She couldn't have known Buffy was gonna come back in her grave. I mean, you gotta think, like, with her vision and stuff like that, like, all the stuff that, like, your body is gonna degrade. It is weird that, like, the magical spell will go away and she'll just be fine. Like, I think it's a lot of hubris, maybe, on Willow's part that she's just gonna, like, get it all right. Like, you're gonna come back weird. But, yeah, I mean, I I would imagine that she wasn't thinking about that. She, like she said, she thought she, she was in a hell dimension being tortured. And this was the right thing to do. So I think she'll accept any any way to get her back. And she thinks Buffy will be grateful, which I think is going to come, for, come as a shock to them mm. that she's not. I, The only thing that I can think is that she is assuming that it would literally happen just like Angel, right? Where, like, they're minding their own business and Buffy falls naked from the sky, right? Just, like, because why would you? I'm assuming it's it's either that it was vague or it's some monkey paws type shit, right? Where it's, like, worded in such a way as that, like, the form will return blah 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 from whence it whatever and then she didn't well when xander said when xander said that thing like she's in her grave they all freaked out and willow was like oh fuck she did have to come out of her grave oh my god i didn't even think that i never even considered it was possible that she'd come back any other way (laughs) (laughs) nice i literally the first note i wrote on my napkin is Oh, sweet Were they know. planning to get, dig up Buffy or dot, dot, dot? Because it <laughs> seems like they should have done that first. <laughs> like, yeah, okay, Angel fell out of the sky, but let's remember his entire body was thrown into this hell dimension. It was oh, He didn't just die. He literally body. sucked him into an alternate uh-huh. dimension, whereas Buffy died Correct. and her soul went into an alternate dimension. And you would think, and I mean, again, maybe it depends on how the soul, or how the soul, how the spell is phrased. But to me, it's like, okay, you're going to bring her back to from death. What you're doing is you're putting her soul back in her body. That's why you're at her grave. So why would she be above, like, are the bones just going to, like, magically come through the dirt and become Buffy? Or is there still going to be a dead Buffy underground and then a new Buffy? Like, what is is the actual endgame here if it's not to bring Buffy back, the actual corpse of Buffy, Mm -hmm. to reanimate her, put her soul back in the corpse and bring her up? (laughs) I mean, the only thing I could think is that, one, they would dig her out, but I didn't see any shovels, so I'm not thinking that's right. Uh, But... uh, Two would either be it's a huge oversight from Willow, which I think is par for the course for what's to come. Like, I don't think she's thinking these things fully through. But two, it could also be Osiris is a a badass, I'm sure. So he's probably like, I'll just push her up to you. You know, we don't know. I mean, it could have been something where something dramatic also happens where the body is lifted. And because it was broken, like we got 95 percent done with the curse. And then, whoop, uh, sorry, can't finish a bringing her body up to the surface, you know, type of thing. Like, who knows how they could get away with saying that, oh, no, she would have just come up. Like, the ground just would have swelled and her coffin would have come up. It seems like an extra spell, right? Because you could have, I mean, because if she had, like, just died, right, and she's laying on the ground and they do the resurrection spell because everything's magically already in place to do it, would she just rise further up 
then because she's not actually <laughs> underground? Like, that feels like a different spell to me. <laughs> it's like, if the bikers never came, it's like, okay, well, we did the spell right. Oh, oh well, what do we do? I mean, it would have dawned on them there. to be like, oh, shit, yeah. we got a barrier. We got to go barrier. Because Xander's like, it didn't work. And I, like, I've always been like, how do you know that? Yeah. That's a great point. <laughs> well, they did sort of allude to like, you know, she was like, we need to go back. And I'm like, do because I kind of forgot. I was like, do they go back and dig her out? Like, I, I just, yeah, because... So when's it going to dawn on you? Why did, was Xander the one it had to dawn on in the alleyway of all places, like way after it's over? Like surely someone should have thought of it in that one hour walking in the woods. Like, hey, maybe I did it. Oh, fuck. She's in a fucking coffin. They never thought about yeah. it. It's wild. Especially when Willow's being so withholding. Like, mm-hmm. why wouldn't anybody? I mean, Xander does try to be like, hey, what the fuck was that about? You didn't tell us anything about this. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, how is it supposed to end? Yeah. What was the last sentence of the spell? (laughs) Someone please tell me because we didn't get to that part. I feel like it might be crucial. It might be crucial. (laughs) It just seems really weird. Like of all the shit, I feel like you know exactly what would happen, which is Buffy's coming back to life in her coffin and y'all didn't dig her up first. (laughs) Like this was a huge fail, Willow. I'm not going to put you in charge of any other projects. Well, it's like a Russian boy wanting to put people's like bones together and shit. Like it's it's not a great call there because you're not thinking of unintended consequences. Like if yeah, if you're yeah. if you're just banking on the fact that she's going to come down from the sky or just like appear because you think her magical body is just going to like zip out and come somewhere else, that's a lot of heavy like wishing. Like you cannot bank on that. Are you kidding me? Because you couldn't get to I mean, Angel, just... you couldn't get to him, so you have nothing to even do. Like you can try to bring him back, yeah. and you have no way to do it. That's fine. You're not doing anything. You know, you have no idea what to do. But you literally know her body is buried, so at least you could just be ready to like open the coffin. You know, just be ready when she's banging on it. Like also, they did it at her grave, right? They weren't just doing it at Buffy's house. Like it seems like that implies there's something to do with her body. You need to be close to her body, not just like yeah, we're literally magicking her out but... of the ether. Didn't Joyce get out pretty easy? Like when Joyce's zombie was walking, I mean, she did yeah. kind of disappear because she was yeah. just a. So, so, so again, make, Willow would say me they mentioned it. it. They mentioned yeah. it. So I mean, that could have been her thought too. Like, oh, superhero strength. I mean, she'll just like pop right on through. Like, but I clearly don't know. not, <laughs> because it it also seems like they had no idea that she was in her grave, right? Because they were like, oh, her grave. Yeah, so the Joyce thing uh, yeah. is a, an interesting point to bring up because she yeah. did she did walk from the cemetery from the cemetery to the Summer's house. However, she was buried. that was not a corporeal body. That wasn't real, right? Because it goes away. Right. Because that was just like a magical spell body, and that's why like right. she came back wrong. It wasn't like the whole thing. So not the same thing. Willow, I don't know, man. They had to have some idea. She had to. But she mentions that specifically. Like it's not like Joyce. Implying problem, again that it, it is corporeal, so it's not like it at all. In that, that was a fake body. This is real. You should be taking it seriously. And she's not going to come back as a ghost. That's fine. She didn't do that. She came back literally while her body's literally in a fucking coffin, six feet underground. Right. Them being at her gravesite is damning. It's yeah. damning. Why would it's you damning. need to be there if yeah. it was just going to pop up? <laughs> yeah. Well, you want to be there to greet her and say hello. Yeah, but if she's just coming from out of nowhere, couldn't that be anywhere? Yeah, it doesn't have to be at her. Grave. Well, that's fair. If she's just gonna pop out of mid, out of the air, uh, sure. out of the air. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I'm thinking if if the like ground angel. blows up and she flies out of her coffin, she's like, "Hello, <laughs> right. everybody!" Oh my God, <laughs> that would I mean, actually yeah, be really scary. That's what I'm saying. That's what I want. I don't love that. I. I don't know. I think I think honestly the real reason why this happened is because they really love the idea of Buffy having to dig her way out of her grave and so they were oh, going to yeah. make that happen oh, no matter yeah. what. 
Yeah, yeah. But yeah, functionally mad at Willow about it. Got a lot of rage. <laughs> How fucking dare you, Willow? You rank arrogant amateur. We were up here together, and then he went away. And you don't want to do that again. I don't know how you're back, but you are. And please, just stay still. Or or move, but but towards me. Because the tower was built by crazy people, and I don't think it's holding up very well. So Marty Noxon said that she thinks these five episodes, starting with the weight of the world and going through the end of Afterlife, should be one big thing. Mm-hmm. And I can kind of see that. Uh, she's like, you know, it was unfortunate that we shifted networks during all this heavy lifting of plot that you have mm-hmm. to kind of know. It's like, not only do you have all the backlog of this is the entire show, but our main character fucking died and we're having to go through these pains of, like, bring her back and this is why. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that is a lot. I, I don't know that you need the weight of the world. I feel like you could start with the gift and kind of go through afterlife. But I, I think that's an interesting point that, that does it does need a little more context and it does feel kind of like these are incomplete and weird and not satisfying. Like, even this, I, I thought for sure... Spike saw her in this one. I thought all the stuff that happens in Afterlife, I thought were in this episode mm-hmm. and they're just like not there. Mm-hmm. And I think you really need that. It only helps this episode to be buffered by that. Oh, my God, we're going to bring Buffy back. Shit, we brought her back. Oh, now we have to deal with it a little mm-hmm. bit. I think that's a nice feel. And I hope after we watch next week's episode that it kind of makes yeah. maybe makes this look a little bit better in hindsight. But, yeah, it's uh, it's interesting how just, you know, we've talked about that in the scope of watching things in a binge style versus mm-hmm. splitting them up. And I, I wonder mm-hmm. if this will be just another one of those things. Um, so what do you do when you bring somebody back from the dead? How do you... What do you mean? I, I just... Apparently you kill a deer first. <laughs> well, sure. Get an old pot. Are we going to try something Smear here? Smear some blood on your face. I just, yeah. like, how would you possibly comfort this person? Uh, where do no. you even start? Like, no. And, and, and the fact that their their first go-to is just, like, she's fine. We watched her punch a guy. She's fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Uh, Daniel, how, how, what would you do? What, what would you do if you brought your best friend back from the dead? And what would you, how would you deal with it? Yeah, what would you do if you brought Kelly back from the dead? <laughs> I mean, I'm so, I'm shocked that somebody didn't like try to like you know touch her either. Like they were clearly like they understood, right to make like, sure she was fucking real. Yeah. Well, they yeah. did, and every time she sucked she back, would, she oh. would. Yeah, yeah. Which you know, I think that's a clear indicator. I don't know. I mean, I think what they did was all right to be like. Again, I thought Anya. <laughs> I mean, obviously, here's the humor that didn't really land when I thought Anya was going to get down and just be like, you know, hey, I know what it, what you're what's going on like i right. met somebody and then it's like oh I'm talking about my... ah, get out of here yeah, that doesn't I... happen until spike in the next episode <laughs> yeah so that's what i mean like and maybe that's for the best um because you really want that and i was looking forward to spike and it didn't happen in this so I'm, i am looking forward to that but i don't know what you say i mean i think they said everything they possibly could which is they were definitely in shock i mean i would be in shock too you don't expect for it to actually work and if you do you probably expect it to be like joyce where she's a zombie xander was mm-hmm. completely prepared for her to be a zombie and I'm sure when he first saw her and like she's not responding and not talking right. I'm sure that was very scary you know and you know I'm sure Willow's like oh fuck 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 what did I do you right. know so there's like a lot of emotions and Tara's like high off her ass or she's like is this Buffy <laughs> is this Buffy bot we're, we're talking to the Buffy bot right here right this is yeah so I just think everybody doesn't know I, I honestly don't have a good answer to that I mean I think that they do 
they do exactly what anybody would do, which is just you try to be like, hey, we're home, family, home, everything Don said, Mm -hmm. which is obviously not true. And Buffy, thousand miles there, doesn't understand what any of those things are. But that's what you want to say is like, you're home now, this, that, blah, blah, blah. So I don't know. Right. Yeah. I mean, Xander did try that a little bit. He did. He Uh, did a good he did a good enough job. I mean, better than uh, Anya did. I mean, even Willow was just kind of yelling at her, too. I mean, Willow, right. well, that's what I'm Willow saying. I feel was like they were weird. Being way too intense, but also they are being hunted by this really menacing but not effective motorcycle mm. gang. So that's a wrench in the mix, right? <laughs> totally. It's like you you would want to stop and, like, comfort her and, and figure it out. But it's like being hunted, being hunted by a terrible motorcycle gang. So yeah. I don't know. I just feel like all I can th- keep thinking about is Angel. When he came back, he's fucking naked and feral. The dude is feral, right? And they assume that she was in a hell dimension, too. So, again, with the lack of preparation, I feel like they should have been. If that is really what Willow thought, which I think she did, uh, she needs that to be what the situation was. But so Angel could have um, been Angelus. So that's, I mean, that's a little bit different, Well, that's too. true. But, like, I, and also it was only fucking Buffy who knew that he was back for the longest time, too. Yeah. So she was the only one that had direct interaction with a creature that came back tortured from hell like it, right. as soon as it came back but i think there should have been more preparation man like just uh, the, the through line is willow really did fuck this up i think uh, she just dropped the ball over and over again and mm-hmm. you're expecting your friend to come back from a hell dimension but then when you see her you're just like oh no <laughs> what do we do what did i do ah uh, anyway disappointed say something Um, yeah, I don't I don't know what you would do in the situation where you fucked it up so entirely, you bring your back friend be- best friend back from heaven, leave her in her coffin to dig herself out, and then make her fight a horde of angry demon bikers and then come upon her after she saw her own robot body ripped apart mm. and tried to somehow communicate with her. I don't know what you would say in that instance. I do, however, know that I would have handled the resurrection thing completely differently. First of which is, I'm going to go with the theory that soul goes back into the body. So you need the body. I would have dug up her body. I would have brought it back to her house. I would have put it in a fucking bed. I would have had a cup of tea. Like, make (laughs) make her re-entrance into the world, like, as least traumatizing as possible. Because I kept thinking... Is she fucked up because she was in heaven and she's back now? Or is she fucked up because she was in heaven and she's back now and she came back to this? Like, this is so fucked up. She just want, you know, it's so poignant when she asks Dawn, is this hell? Like, because of course it is. How could you think it's anything else? It's hard. It's painful. It's loud. Everything's literally (laughs) on fire. Things are trying to kill you. Like, you're being tortured. You see your body ripped apart in front of you. Like, this is, like, truly, like, hellish imagery. And then even even after you know that that was just like a bad night, it's, it's been a week, things seem a little bit back to normal, like, I don't know how you get back into the groove of things, but like if you wake up in bed, you're surrounded by your family, you're like safe and warm, I think that would make it so much easier to be like, okay, I'm alive again, and this doesn't have to be terrible. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And they just so completely, utterly fucked it up from like the very start. I would say that they fucked it up. <laughs> With what we said before, they were unwilling, I think, to accept the idea of Buffy being dead. So the mm-hmm. idea, uh, you, you would have accepted it. So we're getting her back, baby. Let's do it. Willow, I don't think, would ever make this mistake again. She would dig up a body and put it in bed and be ready for it. Because I think she, because I think she would accept that she's dead. Like, the whole point is Willow, Xander, they never accepted her death. So yeah. to take her body out and see her corpse that we get to see, 
has a corpse, a rotting corpse. Can you imagine? I mean, just that would be traumatic beyond all belief. And if you don't know if it's going to work, the trauma of like, you got to let her go. But now we got to let her go by like putting her back in a box. Like I get that. I mean, it's like super fucked up. The stakes are very high. If you're doing it, you got to do it. (laughs) Amen. If you're playing it, you got to go the whole way. And I'm with you. I love that idea. And you're right. I mean, I think she could have been brought back in a way that was like, oh, man. And even the show, I think as as an entertaining show. Could have done that, too. Could have done that in a way that was compelling. Because, again, the best parts here were all the conversations, talking about the world, talking about what's going on. Like, the worst parts are the stupid Buffy shit that I'm just like, stop doing. Just stop doing the stupid stuff that your show does, please. But I love that idea of the begging, digging her up. It's awesome. (laughs) I mean, I know that sounds super, like, morbid, but Well, it's absolutely what should have been done. What you need. If you're going to do it, you got to do it. Like, come on. You can't give her extra trauma. And then, you know, I said, I, you know, told Kelly after we watched the episode that I was just so mad at everyone. And mostly Will, but also definitely everyone. And part of it was just like, you know, they have this moment. They fucked up the spell. Buffy's not coming back. There's just the four of them. What the fuck do we do? They say, like, I need Buffy. We need Buffy. And it's like, you're not bringing Buffy back because, like, you know, Will is justifying it by saying she's in hell. But everyone's doing it because they just, like don't want to move on you know and even when she's been brought back she's clearly traumatized have they learned at all how to fight completely ineffectual demons no they fucking <laughs> leave her to take care of it i was like so mad i'm like tara you're a fucking witch and you're not even using a spell like not a single spell uh your, she did a firework your girlfriend nearly just died bringing the slayer back and you can't even like summon up like a little like I don't know, rope spell to tie one of the demons <laughs> up so they can't move. Like Willow was doing all those fucking things on Gloria. God, you could take down these guys in two seconds. Like, I, I mean, know. not forever, but like, just knock them back. Like, I mean, all the bluster too with Xander, like, better to cut you down with. Those two went down in three seconds flat. Like, one hit and fucking Willow and Xander were done. And then the other two, Anya and Tara, instead of like, going then to fight the demons they just run to their partners and run to their friends okay (laughs) and i'm just like how fucking dare you (laughs) like how fucking dare you like i'm just mad at every single one of them like the only person who handled the situation correctly was dawn Mm -hmm. and i think part of the reason why it's like like obviously you know buffy kind of needed dawn to come back to herself but also it's like Dawn didn't have the guilt of bringing her back, fucking it up. It was, like, truly, like, I was trying to move on. I was trying to do this. You're here now, and, like, now that you're here, I can, can't let you go again. And that's so much mm-hmm. more powerful than fucking oh, yeah. Will laying on the ground being like, Puffy, save us. <laughs> and I'm like, you're a fucking magical, powerful witch who, at the end of the season, yeah. is going to try to literally destroy the entire world, and this is what we're getting right now. Like, I'm just, like, so fucking mad at every single one of you. <laughs> <laughs> I do like the seasons or the episodes that play with like these like larger themes, you know, and and this this season has always, you know, maybe I watched it as like a college student who didn't know what they were doing with their life, but very much like what is the purpose of life? Like that's Mm kind of like what Buffy is spending the entire season questioning. So I always found the season to be very like thought provoking that way, whereas some of the other seasons are maybe not that. Yeah, it's definitely way more... uh... Well, I mean, we get there in some episodes, but for the theme of the season being like, what is life? Not as a supernatural person, but yeah. like, what is, what is, what are we fucking Why doing am I here? here <laughs> what are we doing? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so bringing it back to Dawn in yeah. our emotional end of the uh, episode, what if Buffy jumps? Right? Yeah. 
I think she would have if Dawn wasn't there. I think she absolutely would have jumped if Dawn wasn't there. Mm-hmm. You're, you're totally right. Uh, more specifically, does she go back to heaven? Does she go back to the same spot? Or because this is not a self-sacrifice for like the greater good, does she just end up in whatever normsy world is or go to a hell dimension or what happens? I would like to think that because she was brought back that she'd go back to where she had been originally. Like, yeah. she still deserves the reward of sacrificing herself, right? Because mm. she did that, and she didn't choose to be brought back, but I don't know. How, it's hard to say. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, can, poor Don. can you imagine, like, you watched your sister leap to her death mm. three months ago, mm-hmm. and now you're in the same fucking spot, mm. and she's about to kill herself. Like, this poor kid, man. This poor kid. I mean, the, the fact that this whole thing is standing is absolutely ridiculous, and I hate everything about it. But like, oh yeah, <laughs> I just, I, I just have to let all of that go, even just as a centerpiece. I wish we didn't have to do it in, in a roundabout way. This whole thing was really stupid, but, but yeah, it was. I mean, that was nice, and and also playing the gift in her head, you know, listening to herself and what was going on in the gift uh, replay, and then to have Dawn break mm-hmm. in, I thought was oof, really effective, really good stuff. Oh, and yeah. Dawn was funny I mean, too. Just... Even the whole like step away or come to me. I don't know. The whole thing is built by crazy people. We're going down. Like, that's very funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The whole thing was perfect. Yeah. The, perfect. the face that, that Buffy makes when she's like saying the words like, mm-hmm. Donnie, I have to. And then she hears her say Buffy. And then she's like, wait a second. I didn't, that didn't yeah, happen. I know. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> that's like, oh, God. And I, I, you know, controversial take maybe, but I think this is a better scene than the scene in The Gift just because. I think so too. Mm. Well, because the gift is it's kind of cheesy, right? It's mm. so hero-y, right? It's like, live for me and just like mm-hmm. really grandiose. And, and it makes sense. And it like it's all appropriate. But this is like, ah, gutting, man. I mean, like, it's the answer to so it. Like, you told God, me to be right. strong and I'm, I don't want to do it without you. You told me I had to be strong. And I've tried. But it's been so hard without you. I'm sorry. I promise I'll do better. I will. If you're with me, stay with me. Please. I need you to live. You know, it mm-hmm. almost justifies what Willow did. Like, I mean, again, it's just like, that's why Dawn's the anchor to all of this, because Dawn maybe wanted or needed it more than anyone. And it's just like, oh, my God, I get another shot at it. Like, these are all the things that I've been thinking while I've been having to fucking pretend Buffy bots my goddamn sister to grieve and get over it. And now her I actually sister. have you back. The station called her her mom sister. Oh, no. Her mom sister robot. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> when, when she walks up to Buffy's bo- Buffy Bot's torso, oh. I was like, oh, no, her oh, mom sister's dead. <laughs> we don't get any closure on, on Buffy Bot either. Like, I no, mean, that's so no. sad. I mean, I, you know, but even when she's just like, you know, I'm your sister, you know, it, just again, yeah. Trachtenberg, just like. The tears that she can pull, mm-hmm. how good of an actor she is. Uh, the show would just, in lesser actors' hands, it would not be as good as it is. Uh, Stisha, I have one last question, and it is for you. Okay, hit me with it. You've already made your feelings about everyone known <laughs> in this complete, episode. Complete group of fuck-ups. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but I have a question about the man of the hour, Xander Harris. Uh-huh. How are you feeling about Xander Harris so far this season? I know we're only two episodes wow. in. Wow. Technically, but one I would episode. say, between the end of the last season, our short fifth season, and this 
these episodes, I feel like we've gotten some growth. I think Xander is turning into an okay person. Is he? Because he so far, uh, doesn't episode. want to tell any of his friends he's engaged, and he eventually leaves his fiance at the altar. So <laughs> okay, that point. hasn't happened yet. But in this episode, Willow, the leader, is taken out, right? He physically carries her through the woods. He takes charge. He tries to keep everybody safe. And he's not a dick about it, other than making his silly joke about women don't know what NORAD is. But funnily enough, we did have to look it up. I kind of knew what it was. but And he no pushes idea. against Willow, too, which I, I like. Yes. In this episode, in the last episode, did he seem like he was doing OK? Yeah, I guess. And the scene in the woods with Willow and Xander, it's like it's really nice. And it's nice to like, you know, like you talked about, remember that they were friends before Buffy, mm-hmm. you know, like. They can make it through this and to see, you know, Willow feel like she can be vulnerable with him. Like, that's all good stuff. But it's just like, I know what he's going to (laughs) do. And I just like, I can't, you know, I just, and you know, every time she's like, I really, I really want to tell her friends. Like, why can't you just tell them? That is weird. Except for the fact that, you know, you don't actually want to marry her. In which case you could have just fucking told her instead of waiting until you're basically about to get married. Yeah. And you're a fucking teenager. So, you don't have to do this shit. This isn't the yeah. 1960s. Come on, bro. And, and like Anya said, it was like, you're the one who said to do this. Like, yeah. this was your idea. Mm-hmm. I'm not pushing you here. Stop acting like I'm pushing you. Damn. Like, so that, it just, I feel very protective of Anya, you know, because she, well, we know you know, lets her guard answer. down for him. And he treats her like complete shit for it. And then yeah. treats her like shit for it when she tries to move on from him. And it's just frustrating. But yeah, I mean, these two episodes, I didn't find him annoying aside from the weird honest stuff. Yeah, small That's a win, super win for Xander. <laughs> well, that concludes the question asking portion of the show. <laughs> <laughs> this is the season of ham-fisted segues, just like real life. Yes. Uh, and in real life, you can find us everywhere at Pod, Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram. Uh, we have a website, wordpress.beamy.com. That's not right. Pod. What the fuck just, is it? Pod.wordpress.com. We, we sell, we sell uh, you know, websites. If you're looking to make a website, <laughs> we wordpress.com. No, no. BeamyPod.wordpress.com. It contains show notes. And in those show notes, we'll have a link to a Spotify playlist. What's that Spotify playlist called? Beat Me hyphen fun time playlist for Podcast Fan Season 6. And that has all the music that's played in this show Buffy the Vampire Slayer that's available on Spotify as well as any songs that we play during this show if the apocalypse comes beat me so check out all those things if you want to check those things out on to more important things yelling now you have a fully loaded napkin over there <laughs> I sure do god freezing uh, <laughs> oh why would you do that <laughs> Jesus Christ oh. no I'm going to go first anything. after all that okay great wow <laughs> That's horrible. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, Anya's... I'm surprised you didn't yell this out, because this point I noticed it in this episode. I lost my mind. Anya's enormous fucking belt... It's I the didn't we it just all I can think about is because we watched those fashion videos about mm-hmm. the belts from the early two thousand. It was like that thing is five inches wide. What <laughs> the fuck is like she has special pants with belt loops that are six inches. <laughs> it's, 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 there's no pants, it's just notice. belt loops. I did not it's notice so her pants. Huge. Belts. It's so I huge. Sorry. I did cannot not even handle it. It's blue. It's got three fucking buckle holes for We don't three even t- have any photographic evidence of this. It's real. It's real and it's important. 
Okay, I believe you. And I'm disappointed. I mean, there was definitely a trend in the early 2000s to wear belts that were basically big enough to be mini skirts. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and this one definitely fucking qualifies. Goddamn. Anyway, Stasia? Oh, um... <laughs> let me let me consult my napkin here. <laughs> the urn of cirrhosis. Yes. Of Osiris. Yes. There's only one. Only Indeed. one. Where did it come from? Couldn't they just make a new pot? I mean, it came from it? a desert gnome, I think, or something. Yeah, but my point is, like, it was made at some point, oh, right? Yeah. So couldn't they just make a new one? And then also, how important is it? At all. I mean, not that we know this yet, but she does try to bring Terry back immediately, and she's basically told you can't do that because she died a natural death, except you didn't even have the urn of Osiris to do that with, so, like, what are we doing here? Because she's ascended. She's a higher level. She doesn't need any of these trappings. She can just call a god when she needs to. I think she needs to learn pottery. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what the takeaway is. We yeah. need to fucking the tap it, ghost some fucking pottery. Yeah. And Enchant it. Enchant it and go kill another deer. Yeah. Oh, man, that was the other thing when she was like, nothing, this was all for nothing. I was like, yeah, you killed a baby deer for a nothing, baby man. deer, that's going to that sit sucks. in your conscience. Yeah, that for sure. sucks. Embarrassing. Uh, Daniel? I'm just going to get over all of my um, struggles with the bikers. I made a list oh, of everything. God, oh, man, I really hated this. Uh, splitting up, obviously, was really stupid, and that's just like part of the biker thing. Like, Why would you even do it? Why do they need to do that? They're running through the woods. We don't see anything about them being in the woods. I don't know. It was horrible. Those bikers that come Lord of the Rings style, like as they're underneath the rock and they're talking, mm-hmm. um, they're like talking about getting stragglers, and it's like, you guys are going through town, and at this point, they hadn't done anything to anyone. Uh, they still kind of never do but what are they talking about getting stragglers like you didn't care about the espresso shop people that you just kind of pushed over like yeah you haven't rounded anyone up you aren't murdering every single person you see what are you talking about yeah and then something that genuinely made me furious was dawn uh being any in any way interested in what is going on outside like at that point they were not accosting anybody they're just damaging shit so like they might break your window or something but they're not doing anything and she is acting as scared as she was to against a literal god spike too (laughs) is scared for you know some reason says you know that they can't stay there like i i don't same thing with that like why can't you stay just like and I wrote here, they're, they're doing, to paraphrase Giles, who was not in this episode, they're just plunging and moving on. I mean, that's that's the way that, they're not even, and they do actually genuinely move on. Like, fucking, they'd leave town. Like, they have to, when when uh, Spike and Dawn run off together, they have to go to a different part of town to see them finally break into a house. I hate it. Um, like I said, they don't attack Buffy for any reason. They don't, they loot the house for no reason at all. The motorcycle guy for no reason at all. They have a fucking gun. They rip Buffy butt <laughs> apart and they straight up telegraph like violent rape. Like it was yeah. horrible. Mm-hmm. Like they, they were so much bark, absolutely no bite. And in that way, they're classic Buffy villains in a way. All of these shell shocked citizens are like, what are we doing here? There I saw the police car, a cop on car on fire. They, they're like. <laughs> the Slayer's not here, so we can just go wherever. Well, the Slayer's in literally no other town in America, but there are yep. police in other towns in America. Like, <laughs> what is it about Sunnydale that you just think is ripe for the picking? That's really my question. Well, that's what I was trying to get out at last episode. I was like, why this? Why now? Why? I don't understand. Just because the Slayer's in here. Well, the Slayer's not in any other city in the world. I don't understand. Not every city's over a Hellmouth. And that's the only thing that I mean, you can say, but Cleveland the, is. Uh, Go to well, fucking Cleveland. Maybe they have been. <laughs> and they, and they didn't they've been work on out. the road. 
He, I mean, I think part of it is like they're sort of like these itinerant, you know, nomadic species that are constantly on the move. So maybe they were in like Cincinnati a year ago. Now they made a west. So they did say that, you know, just, we're we're making a homestead. Yeah, you know, almost. They like, just heard that the Slayers are on the town, so they're like, "Fuck yeah!" There's a Hellmouth down there. Let's go. Yeah, there's a Hellmouth down there, and famously, no police or so, no, no Slayer. And no, no working government. There was a mayor, but he turned into a snake. So yeah, turned into a snake. We never reelected anybody so many else. <laughs> Fuck it, you know. Guy walks out with a shotgun. It's like get off my property. Oh my it's just god, like a normal that... person. It's like I'll fucking kill you. And I was like, what are we? What's <laughs> I just like it's like a scared little blonde girl, and he's like, I'm gonna shoot you. <laughs> yeah. I, oh, where has it's... this bizarro town folk person come from? Where Where's this guy been? <laughs> He is the id of Sunnydale, and it's like, wow, this, I mean, again, I love laughing about this, but, like, they are all, like, they've gone through so much in these six years, and they just, like, genuinely think that this is normal and fine, and, like, this is how you protect your home. You just come out, and, like, he would do this to the bikers as well. He doesn't care. I feel like if there are people with the guns, the mob was going to come. It would have happened during the moo time. There was not a single gun, mm. nary a gun in the Moo Crew. I know. Come on now. Well, we did see two guns, too. In this, uh, yeah, wow. What's wrong with Moo Crew? <laughs> Everything. <laughs> a nice acronym, Mom. Uh, so, I don't know. R.I.P. Joyce. I don't know if you know this. Uh, I'm a lesbian, and I've been in the game for a long time. <laughs> Card carrying member over here. I've got to say. Uh, I don't know why Tara's only way to show affection is to stroke people's hair. She does it to, oh, yeah. to she hugs her awkwardly, and it's always like it's not even like with an open hand; it's like with a closed fist, just kind of like clawing at the back of her head to show comfort. And then when Willow comes back to her, same thing. Just this is how yeah. everything's fine. Everything's fine. I'm just gonna pat you on the back of the head until I remember what I was doing because I've already forgotten. And she's just like, "Hi, I she's high, has, and it's just stimulation." I was just gonna say, fingers, I think so. it has less to do with her being gay and more to do with her. Oh yeah, I received my previous comment, <laughs> Tara is a pothead and I don't have any experience in that. So maybe that's how they all interact with each other. Potheads weigh in. Here you go. Thanks. Okay, what's in the bag? My lunch. Is that the new drug lingo? No, it's my lunch. I guess this shows what stage of my life I'm in, but I looked at the establishing shot of Buffy's house and thought, who's mowing that lawn? (laughs) (laughs) Wow. I feel like it's Xander. (laughs) So, you know, point in his category for that. Uh, again, another <laughs> another point for Mr. Alexander Harris. I mean, could you even imagine Spike out there at midnight just, like, pushing a little uh, mower around? Yeah, I can. Chris Pratt style during Parks and Rec where it's 2 in the morning. Yeah, just, just like, hey, can you give me a beer? Yeah. <laughs> uh, do we, uh, the one thing I was also really annoyed with, but I kind of found very funny, was when the Buffy bot is dying, like in every fucking trope of every movie alive, is I'll give you information up to a point. And then I die right before I do. And it's like, this is a fucking like robot. And the robot died like right before we got enough information. Like, yep. even like, robots are sh- sh- subject to drugs. Just like, understand, yeah, traumatic irony. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> the worst. Uh, Tara, just because even the picture that you have up here, Daniel, uh, mm. unnecessary, dramatically throwing books off the table to sit on the mm. table. She could have done that literally anywhere. Anywhere. Done books off? Yeah, or no, done her fucking yoga pose. She's going to throw books off of the shelf. What is she doing? What if she was just trying to climb into the shelf to do her spell instead? <laughs> like a weird cat. She just like goes up and tries to turn around. Anya's <laughs> like, is this necessary? <laughs> yes. Anya's horrified. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> oh, um... 
napkin. I just consult the napkin. Sh- shut up. Uh, I put resurrection Buffy looks a lot like beer bad Buffy. Yes, absolutely similar. <laughs> same vibes. face, similar same hair. Vibes. That's actually. I'm glad you said that. I was like, when have I seen her looking like that? <laughs> this is familiar. Oh yeah. wow! Bring him back. Yeah. Bring him back. A classic. Even the episode. look in this picture. Yeah, she looks like she could absolutely about to be saying. What beer? Like beer? Beer good. Beer bad, bad, bad beer. What the hell am I saying? Buffy, go home and go to bed. Say bye. 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 I, just a quick note on on this. Uh, Mar- Marty Oxen felt the need to point it out multiple times. Like, uh, she's like, I've never seen anyone crawl out of a grave, but like, God damn, the most we did was put a little bit of dirt on her face. Like, yeah. she, her dress is fine. Everything's fine. She looks totally normal other than her hands when we do a close-up and a tiny bit of dirt on her face. I'm like, yeah. well, you did make that choice. So Incredible. Uh, I mean, just to, like, a little more serious was, uh, you know, I thought of Prophecy Girl multiple times in this, not only um, because of the trivia that, you know, Stacia has pointed out many times on the show that she has died multiple times. But I, I love the idea of just like her, like looking at the gravestone. Like that was really cool. Like every, it, it felt d- different obviously because it was completely different because the resurrection was completely different. So like when she looked mm-hmm. at the gravestone, that was really powerful. But even at the very end, like the way that Dawn is talking and like that vulnerability and like the sadness really reminded me of that, you know, of a, of a, of a show that just had not found its footing yet a lot of that, a lot of the beats were kind of here at the very end with Dawn, which was pretty cool too. And I don't know if that was intentional or I don't know just how vulnerable it was. It was nice. So love it. Giles, I'm 16 years old. I don't want to die. Is this hell? No! Buffy, no! You're here. With me. Yeah, SMG came from a, a soap, and they they kind of knew she was a really like dedicated and professional actress. Yeah. So I think that they like we got this one in the bag with her. But yeah, everyone else kind of a wild card, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, Allison Hannigan had been in a couple of things, and and uh, Nicholas Brandon was in like nothing mm-hmm. before this. He was like a no, speech bum. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, sure, yeah. Sure. <laughs> uh, and just the power of like. That whole speech is great, but like just specifically when she's like, "I've tried," and she's like fucking crying. And yeah, she's I like, tried. Ah, just like, stop I it. want to die. Yes. Stop it, tiny girl. How do you do this? Uh. So, <laughs> on Stacia's, I hate everyone in this episode. Train. Mm-hmm. Everyone reconvenes in the magic box, and they're like, "Oh, stuff's really bad out there, guys." Mm-hmm. We uh, we've already established Buffy did not come back from the dead. Uh. But we need Buffy. Okay. 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 What? 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 What is that doing for anyone? Why are you saying that? What does that mean? We literally can't do that. That's not a plan. What are you talking about? I'm just like, at least Willow is finally like, we're it, man. We're it. No follow-up. There's no plan after that. There's, you know, like, uh, what is it? Let's find Don and Spike. That's mm-hmm. that's what they're trying to do. Because, I mean, like, he's the only super-powered person. Because Willow conveniently forgets and Tara forgets that they can do spells and stuff mm-hmm. uh, that we have left. So I guess we go find them. But I just, like, I was, that that was the, I'm so mad at everyone in this scene mm-hmm. moment. How dare you say we need Buffy? That's the most unhelpful, stupid, obvious thing you could possibly say in this moment. I just, like chef's kiss anyway 
Well, you have to trust us too that like we also we know that you need Buffy. Like you don't have to keep saying it. Like (laughs) we do know. Like she is back. We know that she's back as an audience member. So I don't know. It didn't bother me because I thought like yeah, you do need Buffy. Buffy. And you've been planning on having Buffy this whole time, and this is the first time you're confronted with the fact you're not going to have her. But you've been dealing with this all summer. I mean, I guess they had the Buffy bot, but like yeah, you had the Buffy bot, and you're expecting Buffy to come back. Yeah, and you just failed and think it's lost. So yeah, and now you're just like, what do we fucking do? Yeah, definitely more weight. That was what we were gonna do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was our plan. Yeah, totally, totally. Uh, the only quote that I thought was like semi funny, damn you, Xander, was when he, <laughs> when he said, "Miss, my face fell off pageant yes. about the <laughs> demon." <laughs> I don't know why. Never really like grabbed onto that one, but this time I heard it, and I was just like, damn, that's funny. <laughs> oh, the warlock one was good too. Just like I'm a yeah, I thought you were man witch. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's just classic Xander bullshit. But the <laughs> Miss My Face Fell Off pageant, I don't know why. That was just so good. And that little Warlock line, like, not only is that, like, a fun little joke, but uh, when, when he's, like, Warlock, Willow makes this face that's very, like, season two Willow. And she's like, uh-huh. uh-huh. Yeah. Like, oh, my friend. Oh, wait. Never mind. Darkness. Darkness. Yeah. Everything's bad. <laughs> yeah, don't go back to where they were in season two. We don't want that. Uh, the last one I've got is, uh, yeah, Xander military guy. We learn about his friend Tito. So that's pretty fun. Uh, at work. At work. I did say oh. nothing in the watches for work, but I guess we kind of have some work. So I'll have to change that. Uh, and also, he, he's like one of the only people on TV that where it's not a joke using DEFCON correctly. Like he's just DEFCON one. He right, understood. He said one instead of five. Which is right. So it's like The Office makes fun of that because that's the thing. But other shows like on a, without the joke are genuinely like, we're at DEFCON four. It's like, OK, well, then we're chill. <laughs> like we're always at DEFCON four. So. <laughs> Uh, we already kind of went through the fight in the alley being terrible, but man, it was really, really terrible. Choreograph being wise, I thought that it was like one of the weakest fights on the show. I, I think maybe because it was a small space, they were having trouble filming it. But oh my God, the fact that twice in a row, the main dude, Razor, whatever the fuck oh, his yeah. dumb name is, punches and we cut away. So, like, we see a fist, like, we see Buffy's face, a fist come out of nowhere, hit her, and then we cut back to him standing perfectly still, like, six feet away. I don't, I just, like, and that happened twice in a row, and then, like, just, like, the rubberness of the bats, just, like, every little thing. The Buffy fighting was almost okay for her, like, when we got the wide shots, the few that there were when she, you know, this, doing the stunt punching and stuff, that was okay, but, like... When it was just the Scoobies doing, oh god, like everything. That was a really, really bad fight sequence, and I'm just like, every time they do that, when when they do it well, it can be fun. Like when we do like the big mm. epic, you know, Angel and Spike fights and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's cool, but like, we don't no, have we to don't do have it, to man. Go. We don't, we don't, we don't always have to do it, and I, I think that this season especially, you can really get away with not doing that. And I, I don't, I wonder. I'm gonna, I'm gonna watch this season. You just you wait. We're gonna watch it. And we're gonna see if we if we do any less fighting than than normal seasons. I don't know. Normal seasons, previous seasons, I guess. Anyway, Stacia, I forgot what I was even saying. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what you're saying either. Um so basically just to continue on crapping on that fight scene. Yes. My notes say Buffy is still more useful than four whole other people, even with blurry yes. vision, bad hearing, and severe trauma from being recently resurrected and digging uh, herself out of her own grave. Yes. Four then, people, two of whom are super powered, and have been fighting together for an entire summer, nay, six fucking years. 
And then the other thing I wrote was Tara's actually more worthless than Xander. I hate this because, like, she's a witch and she's like, I don't know how to do spells. Fire like, she did do the fire, but that was not enough. Not okay, close yes, to she enough. killed the demon with an axe. Good for you, I guess. But also, like, you're not even trying. You can't even just learn, like, one, like, knife spell or something. Yeah. It's egregious. Xander, it's not a bug. It's Tara. Uh, the light. I, I was kind of annoyed. Like when you said that you liked uh, Xander and Willow in the woods, I kind of at first I was like, I I wrote down that I didn't like it, but I did like their conversation. But I hated the part when the light showed up because they were in the woods for an oh, hour, yeah. which I hated. But then the light is on and they're like, let's go confront the light. I'm like, get behind the tree. Like if you're trying to hide. <laughs> and also like they were like literally in the woods. So like these bikes have never once gone like into the woods. They've just been on the road and kind of like on the cemetery. So what the fuck is he doing? He's like, I'm gonna I'm gonna protect you or whatever. That wasn't even the most egregious. The most egregious for me was I want to know more about how the light works. So fucking Tara sent her little ball orb to her. Now theoretically this ball of or this ball of light just goes through, right? Just like goes as the crow flies directly to Willow, right? It's not going around mm-hmm. down the nearest footpath, like to get down there, because it leads it, them out of the woods. How would it do that? It can't. Like, mm-hmm. how would it know how to get out of the woods? How does Tara know that it's getting out of the woods? Like, what is this ball of light? I feel like this light is way more powerful than we give it credit for. If it can just rescue people <laughs> out of dark situations, right? Like, if it just knows the way. Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah, it seems like they could have used this a lot more. It seems like we could use magic a lot. More. All the time. And we All the time. Even the thing where we go. find the demons and stuff, right? We put the little stuff on the ground and we look for demons. Like, why don't we ever do yeah, that? Man. We can see what's around us, man. Like, it's like, oh, God, you guys are the worst. There's an offhanded line at one point in an episode where, where Willow says, I'm working on making a ball of sunshine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't know if we ever, like, we never actually do that, right? I don't think so. <laughs> Which is like... Oh my God, that'd be so useful. Why don't you guys use magic? You have all the magic. All we do is use it for drugs. You guys are terrible. <laughs> Save our species. Do a ball of light on a solar panel. And... God damn. Oh no. Selfish. Uh, how would you, do you think you, whatever, someone who has seen the show Buffy the Vampire Slayer ever mistake the Buffy bot for actual Buffy, especially when you just saw the Buffy bot wearing a completely different outfit and not being a feral fucking cowering goon five seconds ago, and then you see a person who is clearly not that, and you were working on resurrecting said person. How the fuck did they confuse? I'm sorry. I just I don't buy that they didn't know that that wasn't really Buffy immediately. How? Because you already came to terms with the fact she wasn't coming back. Yeah. I don't. Giving them too much of a pass. Oh, my God. This is and I don't know that I would ever look at someone and be like, huh, you're in a different outfit than I saw last time I saw you. Like, I, don't, I don't think I'd have that thought. If it was in with, like, an hour? I yeah, know. I don't think I'd have that thought. What? If you People left the room right now an and you hour. asked me what am I wearing, I would not be able to tell you. That, amen. Same way. Absolutely. <laughs> and if you're convinced that you're the person that you know is dead and resurrection doesn't work, then... Why would I think that you're back? Also, did they see Buffy Bot ripped apart? I don't think. No, they, they didn't. Did. They never okay. saw. They, they never saw Buffy Bot. So you would think Buffy Bot is survived. Yeah, and I don't looking know, man. for Willow. Mm-hmm. No, there's no way. There's no way. Homing device. When I'm injured, I go to Willow. They knew the she got injured because she was looking. Different. She was looking for her. so. Not that different. Nah, no, no, no. Whatever, Stacia. Okay, my last yell. 
I do think that the scene with Buffy and Dawn up on the tower was really um, touching and emotional and all that jazz. But also, I just, I did think it was really <laughs> hilarious that Buffy was still in a sort of, like, dreamlike state. Like, is this really happening? Only kind of, like, half, you know, acknowledging what Dawn's saying. Up and until Dawn makes her infamous scream, in which case, Buffy is immediately <laughs> like, Dawn! It, <laughs> <laughs> like, jumps right into action, because I was like, Yes! <laughs> That's <laughs> what we needed. We needed Dawn to scream at her. <laughs> Bring her back to life. <laughs> Why did the tower fall again? Do we know? Because it was built by crazy people. Yes, exactly. Seriously, that just it was gonna fall tonight of all yeah. nights. Well, I think and because it had them on it. Uh apparently one hundred mm. pounds of them combined. Originally in the Don't script. Like so that. this uh like I mentioned last week, was supposed to be two independent episodes originally, and then the UPM sure, came sure. back and said, Let's make it one. Uh yeah. and the original title for this half of the episode was Hell. The Tower. Terrible. Oh, hell. Terrible name. Um, what are you talking about? I love that name. Just Hell? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I don't know, man. Come on. She's in Hell. It's, it's really telegraphic. She's in Hell. That's too much. Um, but in the commentary. How much do you even know the name of the episode when you go to watch it? Oh, I mean, oh, for the yeah, first Back time, in the would, day, oh. you would have never known. Okay, yeah. so telegraphing it a ton. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> Fucking sorry. Anyway, apparently, originally, when it was two separate episodes, uh, the tower was not going to come down. It was just like, Uh, oh, not going to come down. Yeah, they were just going to, I don't know, just jump off of it. Never. I wish that they didn't do it. I mean, honestly, why? Normal. Or just, yeah, that that was all really bad. Like, that part was bad. I hated that. There was no reason for her to jump on this cable and fucking swing down. No plan. Zero plan. I know you just came back from the grave, but goddamn. Zero plan. She doesn't have a plan. She's about to kill herself. (laughs) You're being so harsh. I I guess for her, it was... You started this by saying, I hate everyone in this episode. You're not being harsh to the right people. (laughs) Buffy's fine. Dawn is fine. Buffy gets a break. Yeah, Yeah, they get a break. How dare you? Buffy and Dawn get a total break. Yeah, that's true. Be mad at Glory's minions for building this tower. Yeah. That should have been torn down the instant. Yeah, Yeah. Tara for for contributing to this when she had her fucking spell lobotomy. Come on. Yeah. Oh, who's to blame? We need to, no, we need an independent investigation to find which fucking screw was the one that brought this tower down and then find out who was on duty when that happened. That could have been Tara. Tara could have been the reason. She was like the last hired too. Yeah. You got to think it's the people with seniority that like got this down to an art. Yep. Tara was brand new. Mm. What I'm saying, it sounds like that Tara almost killed Buffy. And Dawn, again. Yeah, Tara's kind of the villain, I think, in this in this whole show, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, for sure. I'll Glad buy it. Finally got there. Well, she practically had genuine molded plastic stamped on her ass. Just trying a little spicy talk. Okay. Please update me on the watches. We hear about Xander, his construction work with his friend Tito, but the watch is Xander construction outfit watch. Mm-hmm. And you know what? We don't see anything. But we will Run when we do meet watch. Tito. We will see him. Do we see Tito? Really? We meet Tito. I don't believe it. I don't even know who Tito is. Uh, Maroon Jacket Watch, no. No, But Kelly? Okay, that's on you more than me. Uh, Dawn's Piercing Screams, yes. Yes. As Tisha just said. You're goddamn right we did, which was awesome. (laughs) Ships Ahoy is a no, um, but we do get him being wistful about enacting violence, and then we know he can't. So it's like kind of close, you know, if you want to get like right on the edge of his uh, him having a chip. Otherwise, we just never talk about it. It's just kind of a given at this point. Uh, Buffy has a personality. No, she's just come back. So let's give her a break. Too soon. Uh, Hoffman, yes. Hoffman, watch. (laughs) No, once again. 
he has never shown up. Uh, Tara and Willow are on the pot again. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Tara jumping on the table and pushing all the books off was very aggressive. Willow, Willow, when she, I laughed out loud when Willow said, it's not a bug, it's Tara. I mean, iconic shit. Um, Tara getting really bloodthirsty. Like she's on like whatever she's taken. She's like, well, they wanted a mat. Well, she said before, well, they wanted a massacre. Oh, yeah, she did and then. <laughs> And then uh, nobody messes with my girl after fucking acting a person to death. Like, I mean, it's yeah, okay. dark stuff. Man. I almost yelled about that because that was just like a series of clunky events, man. So she acts as the demon and then she says that painful line read of nobody messes with my girl. And then Zadie was like, nice acting, Tara. She said, it's my first. And then the, the very next thing is, hi, Willow. Buffy, <laughs> just not like we gotta find Buffy. Not like let's go. just Buffy. Just, just what a train wreck of death. No one messes with my girl. Oh, my axing Buffy. Just like oh, 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 this. the way that we I gotta see get out of this fucking alley, too. guys. <laughs> the way I see it too is that they're not even on the screen. Like that's something like post, right? Are they? They're not saying that to each other, right? Aren't they? Like, isn't the axe in the body, and we're like looking at it, and we hear that. Like, the dialogue is not part of the scene. Like, I think that they say that dialogue later. Like, I think it's piped in. Oh, yeah, there, yeah, there's a lot of ADR in this. I found out also watching the commentary that uh, almost all the demons, and in this one specifically, I think every single one of them, they do, they have to dub in all the voices because the masks mm. and everything. Oh, yeah, look, yeah. So they are, all right, so they did it with that, too. They thought these were good lines um, because, like, yeah, <laughs> I just, I, when I'm watching them, like, they're not talking. Like, we're not on the screen. Like, they're clearly, like... Trying to just pad time here. Um, Michael Wiki, Michael Amy Wicka Gothwatch. Uh, that would be anybody besides Willow and Tara doing magic. Hardly any magic to begin with. So no, nobody did anything. But, but Xander did call himself a warlock. Just like Michael. I mean, that's cool, but yeah. is it that cool? Because uh, he's not. Uh, books a million, no, but we do see some books pushed off. Uh, streets <laughs> Ahead, no, um, but we do get the woods i mean honestly like where are these woods technically a no and giles biggest ko uh no he's not even in the episode so that's a big ko just for anthony stewart head so it'll count for this time yes ko not being in the episode but not next time so he won't get ko until he comes well i mean he'll be back but then i guess when willow kicks his ass that's about that's gonna be the worst that's gonna be worse than wedlin post how many times have you been knocked out anyway i think it's finally time to rank this sucker and it'll be daniel's first time that's so exciting yes because he didn't rank the last one so stay tuned for that okay now for those of you keeping track or have ever listened to this podcast before i have had i think since the beginning of doing categories a category giles level of giles and i don't know if you just listened to daniel say he's not in this episode so i had to come up with a new category and it's a total cop-out, and another juke the stats category. So you're welcome, everyone. But let's start at the beginning. Giles, or is it going to be Anya's belt buckle? Yeah, <laughs> it should be. God. Uh, Willow hack slash we talk about the net slash something wicked this way comes. I gave it an eight because we get Tara's light spell, we get the claw break spell, we get the little firework spell, and me? the mouth goose spell. For As ineffective as they were, there were a lot of spells in this episode. She brought a woman back to life. That was, that was last, last episode. episode. <laughs> That's so. why she got a 10 for that one. So. Uh, Dawn needs an adult. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Spike was doing his best for sure. Uh, he lost sight of her. Not his fault. But 
little Donnie's been putting on a brave face. Turns out she's been fucking sad. Shock. Well, sure. Because her mom's sister died. Not her mom's <laughs> sister robot, but her mom's sister. Uh, and that was that was tough to watch because I, you know, she was she was doing her best. She tried. I gave her a five because it's not her fault. You know, I mean, this category can't be her fault. That's everyone else's fault. That's <laughs> that's failed on. But uh, and they suck. Don't forget. They do. That's right. Everyone in this episode sucks. But apparently, only the ones that Stacia says. Mostly Willa. Oh, you're saying Dawn and Buffy suck in this episode? No. Are you saying Spike sucks in this episode? No, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> Monster of the week. I'm going to take. So last week, I ranked the motorcycle game six, right? But that was mostly for the novelty of like, oh, these are kind of cool looking demons, like the special effects wise. And, you know, we hadn't seen the full extent of the, what they don't do. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but now we know that they do nothing but say really terrible things. And uh, Also, they're not new anymore because we saw them last week. Yeah, the novelty is gone. <laughs> it's gone. What about the woods, though? What about, what about <laughs> the, the true woods? villain? Yeah. yeah. True. Uh, Xander's terrible sense of direction. Sure, and after... Sure. Falling a fucking blimp. <laughs> is there a pen anywhere? No. You don't get to have a pen. Oh, man. And after our wonderful discussion... Is that a dunk on Willow, too? Like, she thought it was an airplane, and then it was a blimp? Or is she just, like, pretending that it's not an airplane by joking about it? Like, what do we think? think, Airplane gate. Is it real? Or I think she thought it was an airplane. And then he looked at it and realized, no, it wasn't a star, but it's also not an airplane. It's a fucking blimp. But then to make it seem less stupid that he thought it was a star, he was like, I can see why you'd make that mistake. Wow. But Willow doesn't know the difference? I don't know that I would clock it, right? You just see, like, a light moving unnaturally yeah. in the sky, and you see, like, a, you know, I don't know. I think that, was it actually a blimp? This is really interesting because I never considered that it wouldn't be a, a blimp because you guys are all about that unreliable narrated game. I just took his word for it that it was, in fact, a blimp, but it could not be a blimp, and he could just be making a joke to make a joke because he's Xander. I don't know. A blimp for what? Blimp. <laughs> Turn down for blimp, right? That's I've what never, we're here. I've never seen, I've, I've never seen a blimp in a long time. <laughs> I've never <laughs> I've never seen a blimp at all. Do you guys know how many blimps are in service? No, how many? So, yeah, this was a thing where people were talking about what's up with blimps. Yeah, I just looked it up because I was like, man, I just heard this on a podcast. Yeah, you think that there's blimps everywhere, but there's only 25 active blimps. Damn. In existence. So the in fact, the world I mean, or I don't the country right now. No, in the world, twenty five oh, blimps whoa, still in existence, God. and half of them are just advertising purposes. So right. you'll see them at like Super Bowl or whatever. Right. Uh, so I don't know. I mean, you could just say blimps, but today, like, if you were to be like, "Oh, there's a blimp in this guy," nobody would ever think there's a blimp because there's almost certainly never a blimp wherever you are, unless you're underneath the stadium. So yeah, I mean, that's immediately what I think of is just football. That's what blimps mean. Yeah, totally. Yeah, the Hindenburg thing really fucked up. We should all be on awesome airships, and it sucks that. You know, as Archer will tell you, it's a really, I mean, Archer would not tell you that because he's convinced they're all going to explode. But as other people on the show, Archer would tell you, blimps are an incredibly safe way to, to fly. So, you know, Very slow, slow, though. Ex- slow, Except but for safe. the Hindenburg, you know, we just, Fucked one blimp goes down. Have a great photo of a disaster. It's not, you're not going to come back from it. That's so. all it takes. Anyway, I give the dumb motorcycle gang a one. Uh, relationship. Maybe you should give it a two for blimp discourse. Or 25. Oh. How true. <laughs> it has absolutely nothing to do with the blimp <laughs> Don't do it. Oh, also. Give it an extra point. Give this episode an extra point for blimp discourse. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I already changed it once. Let's, Let's change just it again. Do it again. <laughs> change it again. Highly scientific. 
Completely impeachable. This is doing math. This is good. Okay. Three. <laughs> Give it a two for Blue Blood. It's just nothing to do with the motorcycle game. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> this is why. This is why. This. Could you imagine if this was the fourth hour that we were doing this because we did it all oh at once? I just like talk about fucking oh, punchy man. All right. <laughs> what the fuck? Relationship goodness or badness? Uh, I for some reason gave this a seven, but I put it's not great because all of the lying. <laughs> uh, but Buffy and Dawn are wonderful, and Spike and Dawn are wonderful. You know, yeah, they're good, yeah. and they're, they're good. trying to take care of each other through the fucking woods and stuff. I guess I don't know. I gave it a seven. New category. Yeah, what's that? My cop out category. Uh, life is the big bad because that is the theme of the season. No. And I can do whatever I want now. No. So for me, this is going to be, I'm trying to give season six the benefit of the doubt and trying to view it through the way the, in, the creators intended, which is through this theme. Yes. So in that vein, I would say every time the episode is like, this sucks. Life is terrible. Things are really hard. It's going to get a higher score. And if it's like, here's a milk toast episode that's not dealing with our theme because you can't just have punishment all the fucking time because that's no fun, uh, it's going to get a lower score. So this episode was sad, <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> which is on a theme. I gave it a 10. <laughs> wow. Wow. Coming out strong. I mean, Buffy yeah. thinks she's in literal hell. Mm. That's pretty dark. Mm-hmm. Willow finally deals with the fact that her friend is dead, which <laughs> a little too late. Uh Rape threats? What the fuck? Who knew that was going to happen in this show? But, hey, we get even worse later in this season, so stay tuned. Uh, and Buffy Bart is, like, literally ripped to pieces, uh, which is fucking dark. And Dawn. Dawn. Just crumbling. Yeah. The, I would say life is, is really kicking the shit out of our friends here. Uh, episode specific. A kind of a tie. But basically the whole end part, Dawn's little speech. But uh, I would say but Buffy saying, you know, is this hell? It's pretty, pretty intense and puts a nice little button on. Yeah, that's the, hmm. this episode's not great. But I gave it a three, <laughs> three out of ten. So wow. 35 wow. total. Okay. Not as good as the first one for sure. So two out of two. And this is, this is like happens multiple times with two parters, right? It's always the second half is not as good. Although becoming part two. I don't know. I don't, who knows. Stacia. Uh, I ranked this 60 out of 102. So it's below surprise, which I didn't write what that's about, so I don't know. Surprise, surprise your innocence, your innocence is, gone. is gone. So the first part. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. So I ranked it below the episode where Buffy and Angel have sex. Yep. Yes. And then, uh, then, so a surprise, and then the prom, which is the Hellhounds with Tucker, and Buffy gets class protector award. Mm-hmm. Then bargaining part two. And then we've got the initiative. Riley is a secret agent man, and the Yoko Factor when Forrest dies. <gasps> you ranked the Yoko Factor so low. Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember episode. everybody didn't like it. That's right. I just love um, it because Giles is drunk at the end. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I kind of felt like even putting this lower, but the last scenes with Buffy and Tricks. Dawn Tricky. are really good. And I like, I like when Buffy says, is this hell? And then I like when she was like, it was so clear, like I had clarity or something like mm-hmm. that. Because that's kind of what she's, like, searching for this entire season. So you're kind of, like, setting that up. Like, I've lost why I'm doing anything. (laughs) 
So anyways, I like those. So I ranked it a little higher than I think otherwise maybe it necessarily deserved. I almost did that, but then amended it during the course of our conversation because I was like, this isn't that good. And I'm not going to let you trick me, Trachtenberg. Harsh. Yeah. I mean, there's other episodes that I would rank higher in hindsight, but, you know, you can't go back. You can't. Daniel? Yeah. I mean, I had the same same thoughts. I was like, I Yoko Factor's above this. Innocence is above this. But I was like, you know, all the talk about Prophecy Girl. I had Prophecy Girl at number 33. I have The Wish underneath that at 34, and I was made to love you at 35. And I was like, do I go below that or do I go above? I ended up going above just because it's like all of our characters. I think I'm more prone to just later seasons because I just I think the acting's better. I think they just know the show a lot better than they did at the beginning. And I love Prophecy Girl and I wish I could have rated it higher in the end. But I can't. I've got things I got to fill in. So I'm going to put this at number 32. So one above Prophecy Girl. Yeah, I kind of split the difference. I mean, you guys did the same thing. Very high in the first one, lower on the other one. So I'm kind of I just thought this would be better. But it really was <laughs> not very good. So yeah, I mean this is this is an okay way to start the season. But I mean we still have wrecked and smashed. I mean, don't get too excited, Kelly. It's like there's some bad episodes coming up. So. I know, but like what if they're good? I was what if so they're good? wrong last <laughs> season, man. It was just like slog city and then fuck, what if this is I'm just really worried the season's gonna be good. But wouldn't that be exciting though? Yeah. Yeah. Well this is exciting, isn't it? <laughs> Okay, well, bargaining. Both whole parts are are done. Unless, Stacia, do you have anything else to say about this episode? I don't think I do. Dana, do you have anything else to say about these episodes? The only thing I can think is the whole hell and then singing about I thought it was in heaven. I mean, they do a really great job because they don't go into religion, really. I mean, beyond the cross, Mm -hmm. existing. They don't ever explicitly say anything about that. So it is fun that Willow would never think about religion because she does strike me as somebody who doesn't sort of believe in that kind of stuff. But it is interesting that she's like, I'm in hell. And then it's like, I think I was in heaven. And those two are not the same, right? Is this hell? Doesn't mean that she was in heaven, but that Mm -hmm. the fact that she thinks she was. I don't know. Puts a great spin on it. So I'm excited for Once More with Feeling is what I'm saying. So Yeah. I mean, when she makes her confession to Spike during mm-hmm. it, she says, I don't know anything about theology or God or whatever, but I think that's where I was. Yeah. Whatever that means. Uh, yeah. Well, that's not this episode. Uh, and we will get there eventually. But until then, Stacia, say goodbye. Goodbye. Daniel, say goodbye. This podcast is built by crazy people, and I don't think it's holding up really well. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening. We'll talk to you next time for Afterlife, so stay tuned. Okay, bye. Wow, that was very formal. Goodbye. That's how we end the show, right? Xander, it's not a bug. It's Tara. <laughs>